Here we go, broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, on Rock Radio UK, the Blues Channel, you are now live from the Midnight Circus. This is Lahamadu, and I got a great show for you today. Today, our featured artist is Pistol Pete Wern. He's got a brand new release out. We'll be listening to tracks from that. And of course, we'll be talking with Pistol Pete at the top of the hour. You're not going to want to miss that interview. Now, this is the voice of Indie Blues. This is the show that brings you nothing but currently touring artists who are out there creating new, original music rooted in the blues. We embrace the diversity of music that always has and still is being created from those roots. Now, if you get a chance, stop by our website at makingascene.org. We got some great articles, CD reviews, artist interviews, podcasts, and so much more. And you can vote in the Independent Blues Awards. The voting has opened now. In the meantime, I have got some great new music I know you're going to love. And of course, I aim to misbehave.
four years Tonight I'll sleep in the bed that I've made Can't keep up this array Always lost at games I've played Once the bomb is dropped The train can't stop I'm eating up inside From all the lies I've gotta live With the choices I've made They say life ain't fair But that's neither here nor there Cause I won't have one after today Anyway, I've gotta do the right thing Even though
longer have to hear the blues in a smoke-filled nightclub on the edge of town. It's a pleasant environment, but uh, but in the 21st century, uh, you know, you don't even have to leave the couch. Just turn on the TV and commercials or as theme songs, you will see and hear the blues are everywhere. I'm Elwood.
sad sometimes When you lose the one you love And the pain don't seem to go away Lord, help me Give me your strength And help me wash these blues away is really deep and my mind is on repeat of the sorrow I feel on the inside just give me the strength I need your help help me wash these blues away Now I need to feel the joy That I once had on the inside My heart is hurting It's hard to hide Will you just help me Give me your strength And help me Wash these blues away you realize how could there possibly be this many blues now life's too complicated uh, in these modern times and anybody says different gotta be blind or they lie that's how they get you uh, That's how they trap you in the net Yes it is You'll be making famous uh, Till you lay to rest 
screen TV Put it on my credit card For all these things I own I gotta work so goddamn hard That's how they get you That's how they trap you in the net
leather Free martinis Sunny weather Chicks in bikinis Monkey junk
it's gonna happen Now is when it's gonna start Your kind of love I can't resist Don't know To the door All you had to say to me was You won't need that anymore Who do That voodoo That you do to me
pages flapping in the wind Leaving Italy, the traffic was two-way I didn't see no end Now I'm touring up to Toronto Through that clear Colorado rain Memories of an angel of mercy Massage in my brain
I'd be a month of Sundays Before I ever fell in love again Now it seems I found me A new beautiful friend Well she's super humble Yeah Oh got a good sense of humor too She's a bikini dispelling darkness Sunshine through shows, curl up in a duvet, maybe even draw up a bath and see where the night takes you. That sounds real nice.
Whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution.
was Pistol Pete Wern from his brand new release, and we got Pete on the line right now. Hey, Pete, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you very much. All right. Now, this is the first time you've been on our show, and we always like to give our fans an opportunity to get to know who you are, not only as an artist, but also as a person. And the best way to do that is to look at your journey, how you got to where you are today in your career. So give us the story of Pistol Pete Wern. Um, so, I've, I mean, I've always loved music. Um, it's something I did, you know, as a teenager and a child. Um, and I, I was dissuaded from uh, pursuing it seriously when I was younger. Um, and then I spent, I, I got myself a degree in history and spent 10 years working in a coffee shop and playing gigs on the side. And then around about 2015, I decided that I was very sick of working in a coffee shop and I'd like to try and be a musician full time. So that's when I started touring as a solo act more seriously. Um, but for a long time before that, I was playing a lot of gigs. Um, yeah, that's about it, I think. Okay. Well, um, you know... Um you know, a lot of musicians get to that point in life where they have several career paths laid before them. And you had mentioned how you were dissuaded from following music as a career. What was that moment for you that you knew this is it? I mean, whether you were dissuaded or not, you needed to follow this path. What was that pivotal moment? What, what changed that for you? Well, I mean, playing around, you know, as, as gigs as, as I do, um, I'd often meet people who would tell me about the time they supported Black Sabbath in 1978 or whichever story it was. Um, and there's often always a note of sadness about them when they said, oh, well, we should have done more or whatever. Um, and then when my, when my son was born, actually, um, I started to realise kind of how unhappy I was with other, other things and... Um, I kind of never wanted to be that bitter old man at the bar telling stories of when I was, what I could have done, you know? So I thought, well, I, I, what I need to do is do what I want to do and see where it goes. So okay. that, was, that was the moment, I think. Now, Somebody well, offered me a, a job in a different coffee shop, and on paper it was everything I ever thought would be cool in a coffee shop. Like it was independent, and they had their own roastery attached, and all of those kind of things. And, uh, and it just made me sad, the idea of another coffee shop. So. Okay. Now, let's talk about the new release. Um, what could you tell someone that you wanted to, that never heard you, but you wanted to kind of give them the, I guess, the elevator pitch, you know, the, the story of this particular release that gets them excited about wanting to listen? What would you tell that person? Um, well, I mean, I, I chose the title, I think, sums it up quite well, the Blues Ballads and Barnstormers. It's kind of, it's, it is rooted in sort of pre-war blues, but there's a load of other influences there, like uh, kind of Americana and American folk, and it's just sort of a melding pot of them all. It's all mostly acoustic. Um, there's myself and some double bass and fiddle on there, and it's kind of really rootsy and slightly dark in places um, but hopefully there's some things you might be able to dance to as well so 
Okay. Now, um, let's talk about you as a songwriter, um, because every good release needs good songs. Uh, when you sit down to write, what is your process? How do you get things rolling? Um, I try, always try and make notes when inspiration strikes. So I often end up singing things into my phone or playing things to my phone. Um, if I've got a bit more time, I'll often sit down and try and write there and then. So I end up, almost always, I end up with a verse or a chorus, um, but not a whole song. Um, and then I usually come back to it weeks, months later, when I've kind of got a project in mind, and that's when I start hammering out kind of a song in proper, into a proper song with a verse and a chorus in a middle eight, or not a middle eight, you know. Um, Yeah, so that's that's kind of it. I find so the, the whole songwriting process, it doesn't come terribly easy to me, which is one of the reasons I think I tend to do it in fits and starts. Um, I've always got the idea, but I never work out what the third verse is going to be. So. Okay. Now, um, a lot of songwriters have embraced the technology today as tools, uh, whether it's a cell phone or a home recording studio. What are some of the tools you have found to be indispensable to you as a writer? I mean, I, I do record a lot as sort of voice memos on the phone, um, but mostly it's a notebook. And I always work in a notebook. I always work in pencil because it's, I find it's much easier to get started if I can rub it out and put something different there when I change my mind. Um, and I sit, usually just sit with a notebook and a guitar until I've got a, a really clear idea in my head of what it sounds like. And then I've got a home studio where I'll demo things, but usually that's a bit further down the line. That tends to be in preparation for going into a proper studio to record it, because I, I want to put something together that I can send the other musicians so that they're able to kind of plan out what they want to play. Okay. Now, um, one of the things I think has been a buzzword in the industry lately is artificial intelligence. Um, there was an interview with Ed Sheeran on uh, Swedish radio where he admitted that he utilized some of these AI tools as idea generators. Um, you know, even Paul McCartney said that, you know, he'll be utilizing some artificial intelligence to kind of bring back John Lennon and, and George Harrison to create another Beatle song that, you know, was sitting in the archives. Um, and, you know, a lot of these, these tools, you know, whether it's to help to write lyrics or melody or orchestrations, you know, like Board Human and, you know, some of these, these online resources. Um, what do you think of that and how do you think it's going to affect the music industry as we move forward? Um, I mean, my experience is that it's, a lot of it's got some way to go, I think, at the moment. I have played with uh, Jack. GPT and tried to get it to write some song lyrics for me and what it produced was not great um, there's also there's a, a, a GPT chatbot that's attached to a DAW um, and you can tell it to you know make a blues track um, but it's everything that when I was playing with that everything seemed to come out sounding like sort of 80s synth pop um, whatever I told it to do so I think there's a there's a bit of a journey still with the AI I'm not feeling like I'm out of a job just yet. 
but obviously what's happened with art um, artwork over the last 12 months is that we've gone from kind of people who look like they were melting to things you can barely distinguish from a photograph so i think it's it's going to be happening um as something of a luddite really myself i don't know how much it'll affect me because i've always sort of valued the kind of the raw and the this mistake element of live of music i like to be able to hear fingers squeak on strings and those kind of things and i'm aware you can probably fake that if you're an ai but um i think that that rawness is what gives it a human connection for me so i don't know whether i'll ever sit down and listen to an ai generated track and find it hits me in the same way but who knows now uh of course one of the biggest problems for especially young songwriters and new songwriters is that moment where you need to stop writing you need to put the pen down what is your quantifier what do you use to determine when a song is ready to move to that next phase of its life and give it to the band give it to the producer and of course it always evolves even in the studio even after the studio but you got to get to that point what do you do to kind of determine when a song is ready um i don't know do I, I think i normally look at them and i spent a long time as, as the hosting open mic nights so often i'll try out a song on a few open mic nights and see how it lands or see how i feel about it afterwards and that's often my first sort of testing it out live and there's one song on the new album called the clansman um, which I did that, it, it went through about three or four iterations at that stage where it, it, I, I kind of took it apart and started again from the sort of ground up with it and it it lost about five verses and it changed key because um, I, I was never ha quite happy with it but mostly, kind of mostly it's, it, it becomes down to I, I like to get them to other musicians early because I want to see what other musicians bring to the table um so I, I kind of like yeah i like to bounce ideas off people really um so i don't know i don't know if any of my songs are ever finished um but usually if i've got something that i'm happy with the bare bones of i'll try it out with some other people and see where it is where it goes okay well let's talk about going into the studio then um because having a good song is half the battle of course creating its identity and its sound and its vibe that's all done in the studio and it's an art form within itself um what do you do um what is your process when you get in that environment that helps you find the sound that you're looking for um i think having a good producer and a good relationship with your producer um matt who has done uh my last three releases i think um has a he's got a studio um out in in rural staffordshire with some alpacas in the garden and i, I kind of just trust him on the process really um i find with him if i tell him what i want i hear what i want back um and that's kind of exactly what i need do you know whereas other producers have always have I work with them often sort of i've told them what i wanted and then i've ended up with their idea of what i should have at the other end of the process 
Um, so yeah, I, I think find a producer you like working with and trust in them is pretty much my method as far as the studio goes. Um, I'm not averse to many takes if it takes it, but I like to keep things as live as possible. And okay. Uh, well, tell me about the lineup on this. Who's playing on it? Um, so there's not loads of musicians on it. There's myself, um, and I play, I sing, I play acoustic guitar, and there's bits of me doing, you know, kazoo and harmonica and um, clown horns and things on there as well. Um, my kind of friend Ollie, uh, he plays the fiddle on it, and me and him tour as a duo at the moment. Um, so he's He's, he has a co-writer on one song. We played together as a trio pre-pandemic with a, another singer as well. Um, so he's kind of been in the process all the way through. And then um, I got in a guy called Duncan Wilcox, who's in a, a band called the Jake Leg Jug Band. Um, he's a really good double bass player, so he's on most of it. And then the other person playing on there is a chap called... Uh, Phil Bronstein, who's a, uh, a pedal steel player in Nashville. Um, I met him a few years ago when he was a singer-songwriter from Portland, and he toured the UK. Um, but I, um, uh, but yeah, but he put some pedal steel on one song for us, and that kind of really set 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 it off. I think. Okay. Now um, let's talk about getting it out there. Uh, you're working with Larry Kay from Night Train. Uh, that's right yeah tell me about that relationship um, um I, I don't know he chased me he phoned me up he found it as an itunes pre-order and he phoned me up and uh pursued my business which i found very flattering um yeah he's a he seems to be a really good good guy and uh he's obviously put me in people touch with people like you who've uh, done great stuff done great things for it so um fingers crossed hopefully he, his input will help us get out to people who wouldn't hear it otherwise um, i've always done my own pr in the past and i found it very hard work and very much like banging my head against a brick wall so okay now um since the pandemic i mean music industry has been trying to get its footing again uh, especially uh, in the independent artist community uh, because we lost a lot of venues. we um, A lot of venues that used to have live music has decided not to bring live music back. Um, so it's really hurt uh, the touring and the live music industry. What is one of the biggest um, uh, issues that you're having right now uh, getting your music industry your business back on track um, i'm not finding the gigs are there like they were before the pandemic still i mean they're getting better um but there just aren't so many places out there wanting to put music on um it's uh but I've, actually i'm finding it it's a different landscape after the pandemic but i'm in some ways i'm finding it nicer in that i'm finding I'm getting more of those kind of listening gigs where people are interested in the music and less of the kind of gigs where you're a background music for a crowd of drunks. Mm -hmm. okay. um, so it's, it, it is different. Um, it is harder to 
fill the diary, but there are, you know, benefits, I guess. Benefits? Probably not the word, but it's not all bad, I think is the is what I was trying to say. Okay. Now, um, one of the big issues right now in the music industry, or I guess you can call this the elephant in the room, more or less, is that the consumer that's out there has embraced streaming as a way to consume music. And there's nothing we're going to do about that. It's too convenient. It's too easy. It's too economical for the consumer. You know, for the price of, you know, 10, 15 bucks, they have access to pretty much everything that's been recorded in the last hundred years. So it's a no brainer. Uh, we're not going to take a step backwards where, you know, we're selling product anymore. And that seems to be the issue is that recorded music has lost that status of product where people used to go out and purchase it. How has this shift by the consumer affected you as an artist? I mean, I definitely notice I sell fewer CDs at gigs than I used to. Um, I mean, the, yeah, the, I mean, broadly speaking, it's it's my the bulk of my income has always been uh, live performance. So it's just um, yeah, finding finding the way that they to extract that money from the live performance i suppose which that's got horribly st stuck on my words there um but, i mean people i think generally that the the post-pandemic world is different and there's less money in people's pockets and they're less i think they're probably less keen to buy things like t-shirts as well so i don't i don't really know where we're at to be honest but um i'm currently finding i'm doing a lot more sort of teaching work um, and that, which helps fill the gaps, um, but maybe we'll get to a world where it is just a, um, it, it is you know, just just live performance is the only way you make money. Um, but then that wouldn't be unusual for the last thousand years of music. It's really only the last hundred years that's a blip, and before that, the only way musicians made money was by playing live. So, right, right. Well, I mean, you know, if you look at streaming, I mean, even the monies that we get from streaming is not sustainable as a business model. You can't continue to ask independent artists to create content and not compensate them to the point where they can at least have the opportunity to break even. Um, it's it's kind of, you know, almost hearkening back to the old days of, uh, you know, the old coal mining towns where... You know, the industry owned the workers and, you know, they were paid in, in pittance and, you know, and had to utilize the company store. Um, and we can't continue to work like this. We need to have a change. What do you think needs to happen to kind of give us more, um, how can I put it, a, uh, a writing of this ship where the independent artist is being compensated properly for their music um i, I think the, i mean i think the, i don't know whether streaming is a as a business model is ever going to sustain that um i think one of the issues is that because the major labels held a huge amount of power over people like spotify when they first sell um the slice of the pie that they get is disproportionate um, 
because obviously no one's going to pay their £15 a month if their um, favourite artist isn't on there. So, and, and there's no doubt in my mind that people like Ed Sheeran and all the Beatles are the draw. There's not a lot of people paying their £15 a month to Spotify for, for me, maybe my mum. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's, it is all... I mean, I've all, the way I've always viewed streaming is as a promotional tool. So in the way that I think what I want to be, what I want with most of, most of my music, and this is always nice when I do get paid for it, but the reason I tend to record is because I want to get my music out there to as many people as possible and convince them to come to my shows. Um, so with that in mind, that's kind of why I put stuff up on the streaming services is because I want people to hear it and I want them to buy a ticket to a gig. Okay. Whether that's the right way to think about it or not, I don't know, but I've never felt that the money that came from them was ever going to buy me much more than a cup of coffee. <laughs> well, you know, um, there, if you look at the digital revolution, one of the things that really strikes me is the fact that it is littered with companies that held the mantle of owning the music industry and never go away. Uh, we started out with LimeWire and Napster and everyone said, hey, you know, you can't stop this. It's never going to go away. And then all of a sudden comes iTunes and the iPod and, you know, the 99 cent downloads and everyone jumps on that bandwagon and then everyone said, oh, it's Apple. They're going to own the music industry forever. They're, you, they'll never go away. Well, who the hell is using an iPod today? Nobody. Um, you know, they're sitting in the, in the drawer somewhere just collecting dust. And, you know, along comes Spotify and takes over that mantle with streaming. And now the consumer doesn't want to store it on their phone. They don't want to download it. They don't want to store it on their shelves with CDs, uh, so on and so forth. And it just stands to reason that Spotify will eventually either adjust or be left by the wayside as new technology takes over. And one of the new technologies that I'm watching is this um, streaming on the blockchain, which is that technology that secures cryptocurrency. The advantage of these new streaming services that are developed on, on this blockchain is that no company, no person can own this service. It is owned by the people who utilize it or use it, the fans and the artists who put up their content. Uh, and they are in control of the, these these new services. And because of that, it only takes 20% of the incoming revenue to run the network. The other um, 80% is being funneled back to the artists themselves, which would be a much more equitable uh, distribution of these streaming services than what we have now. What do you think of that as a potential for the future of the industry? I mean, I, I really like that idea as a, a sort of a cooperative model um, in terms of streaming services. I mean, I don't think it necessarily needs the blockchain technology to work. I, I think they, they would 
there is potentially a cooperative model of um, you know a distribution that would work with the kind of the existing streaming services but I feel like it's all it's capitalism has a way of finding a middleman of profit and I think that's I don't think I, I mean that that's that's been true through through all through the history of the recording industry when you you look at the the contracts that the um, the early blues artists signed that gave them you know no ongoing royalties they just got fifty dollars that day or whatever um, through all the way through it if there's always someone looking looking to profit and I think that's a, a sad truism of, of, of the the nature of it is that. As musicians, very few of us are as business savvy as we should be, and most of us are looking at the creative process and not looking at the the business side. Um, these days, as independent artists, we have to do it all, but we're still more interested in sitting down to write a song than to write an invoice, and that's just kind of how it is, I think, isn't it? Um, so yeah, I think it's it's an interesting idea, and I'd love to see it happen. Um, but I feel like if it does happen, it'll be because some venture capitalist has put a lot of money behind it, um, and ultimately it, it will end up being owned by somebody. But well, that's one of the things with the blockchain is that it it's not the way it, it operates. Um, the whole idea behind cryptocurrency is that it's decentralized. No country, no bank, nobody can own it. And it's been very successful in that aspect of it. And that's really the um, the onus behind, you know, creating these streaming services is to take out the corporations, the middlemen in the music industry. Uh, every time a songwriter writes a song and records it and gets ready to put it out, whether you're independent or you're on a major label, but there is a line of people there with their hand out every step of the way to take a piece of the pie. Um, Billboard had an article that of the billions of dollars that are generated by the music industry, only 12% ends up back in the artist's hands which is a terrible statistic. And, and the reason is, is there's too many middlemen. This would eliminate a good portion of those middlemen because you don't need an aggregator. You don't need a distributor. You don't need a record company. You don't need, um, you know, all of these people that are taking a piece of your pie. Um, so, you know, hopefully this will kind of um, change the dynamics of streaming so it is more equitable for the artists themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that would be amazing to see. Um, having had a friend who recently made a lot of money and then lost a lot of money um, minting NFTs, I don't know. I'm, I'm very suspicious of the blockchain technology as a kind of people hail it as a wonderful thing. Um, and I, I think it, it will find a use eventually, but I'm not sure it's cryptocurrency or NFTs. And it may well end up being this uh, a streaming service but um, I, I await with interest I guess well you know the whole NFT thing I you know I dove into that rabbit hole for a while just to see what that was all about and to be honest with you the cryptocurrency side of NFTs really made no sense to me um, if I had a million dollars I would not be investing in an 8-bit crypto pump 
or you know crypto kitty or whatever the you know the bs that they're selling as nfts but when i start to look at the application of this as it would relate to the music industry then i started to find some businesses and some startups that really made sense um, and how they operate. One of them being Royal.io. And there's a few others out there just like it. And what they do is they allow you to create NFTs that represent a portion of your streaming or your publishing royalties, whatever the case may be. And one of the rap artists utilized this and he created enough NFTs to um, to cover one half of the streaming royalties on two songs on his last release. He sold it to his fan base, was able to generate almost $600,000 in upfront income. And then he now had almost 3,000 fans that had an economic interest in making sure that his music is streamed. Okay. And then on top of that, these NFTs are bought and sold on an open market. So after, let's say, I bought one of the NFTs, I collected some royalties, maybe I made my money back, maybe I didn't, whatever, and I decide to resell it for maybe a little more than I paid for it. And... Once I sold it, Nas now gets a commission on that resale, and that goes for the life of that NFT. That means forever. He will continue as long as it is bought and sold. Um, what do you think of that? That could replace record companies in the future. I mean, yeah, I really like that as an idea. Um, it, it's it's kind of an update on the sort of the crowdfunding idea that was happening 10, 15 years ago where lots of people were getting people to invest in their album um, that way, isn't it? Um, but I, I, it does seem a very good model. I think that it's that thing of having a, a, a big invested fan base who are keen to push you and keen to support you like that um, by buying things. And they're keen enough to hear the new recording to pay for it before it happens. Do you know that that's kind of what you need, I think, is that. Uh, fan base of people who are just desperate to hear the next thing. Oh yeah, and you know it's it's like I said it to me. Um, it just makes sense to allow your fan base to to be really vested in you, and be your your investor, uh, and and basically become like a a crowdfunded record company more or less. Um, now. Uh, we all know that you know the pandemic hit and and we as artists started to get creative and we went up on on social media we started to create content and live streams um as the months turned into years we got a little better at it but then you know the fans started you know waning on you know the the live stream thing so we had to get even more creative and create content that kind of showed the other side of the artist, the personal side. And, you know, we as artists, you know, uh, started to realize that the fan base out there has been uh, 
kind of inundated with this reality show kind of raw content for over 30 years, so they're very acclimated to it. And a lot of artists started to create that content, showing their their family life, their their pets, their uh, farm barnyard animals, or whatever the case may be. Uh, their hobbies, whether it's hiking or woodworking or wine making or whatever the case may be. And the fans really responded to it to the point that the brand now has become the new product. What are some of the things that you are doing that are helping to advance your brand as well as getting the word out on um, this new release? Um, I, I, I spent a lot of the pandemic, I was making a weekly video um, called Sunday Morning Blues. So every Sunday morning I had a new a video of a cover song go up on YouTube um, and Facebook simultaneously. Um, so that, that seemed to get me to a lot of people, but I was finding it, it's a lot of work producing a song every week, like learning a song every week. Um, so I was finding it was getting harder and harder to produce. So I had kind of I did, did three long bursts of that. Um, um, but generally, I don't think I don't think it's necessarily just the pandemic. I think that I social media been around a while, and that idea that you're um, connecting directly with your fans um, as more of a human being is, is something that people really do respond to. And um, I always struggle a little bit to work out what's interesting and relevant to people who are following my music page as opposed to just my, you know, me, my Facebook profile, as it were. Um, I mean, I don't, I do do a bit of woodwork and I don't normally share it on my music pages. Maybe I should. Um, but yeah, it's, I think, think it's just, I mean, just, it's just about being a human being. I think there's, there's this idea of a rock god who, you know, stands on some kind of pedestal is a very outdated idea and the, the advent of the internet squashed that a long time ago I think um, it's that people want to know you as a human being or feel like they do and right. yeah, people they, want, they want to know about your creative process they want to see the notebook they don't just want to hear the finished song right they want to see the process you know that, that a lot of these song, a lot of these shows like you know Songland and I, I don't know if you have them over in in, uh, in England but you know these are our uh, TV shows that show the evolution of a song. They take a young writer and and then take him in the studio and evolve the song on on, on the TV show. Um, okay. Yeah, and so you know people want to see that authenticity. They want to see you know the evolution of of these things and and be part of the process. You know. Yeah, I think that that side is it. Is it's it's about. A lot of a lot of this content, the content that's around at the minute, is about sort of demystifying it, right? I think, and making it people realise that that there is a process. Yeah. Because I, I think an, until fairly recently, there was this just this idea that some writers would just make a song, like you, that, that you could write a song in as as much time as it took to play it, and it's not quite like that. There are one or two who. That, that happen that way, but most of them, there's, a, there's a, a rough draft and a second draft and another draft, and then you go into the studio and you cross out the third verse and do something different anyway. Do you know those? 
um, there's always an, an evolution with them. Okay. All right. So um, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show, and it's uh, been a no, real pleasure talking with you. And uh, we're going to give everyone out there uh, an indie blues double shot from your new release. Uh, you guys are going to love this. You just want to turn it up loud.
what you do And you'll have me by your side And you'll know that I'm with you And there might come some distant day And you know what you got wrong And you might think I've some things to say Write some advice of your own You're doing better than you think You'll figure out which way to go You're doing better than you think You're doing better than you know You're doing better than you know You're doing better than
London bound Whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. 
For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution.
to the mob He lost his patience slowly And then he lost his job Over thousands of years of father time This is all that remains Of your single proudest moment And your worst growing pains Do you lie awake Wondering why And where the hell is father time Having coffee with his new gods There's a laptop, computer, headset, phone They're checking out the latest odds He's got a two o'clock with the Sandman Cause he's always free for lunch And by five he's on the blackjack table Making love to his latest hunch Look at the fear in his eyes That man was father time Somebody strike a match and let it fly The whole joint is burning, breathe the smoke inside Now you've lost your innocence, bring back father time He said they don't keep track of time no more And that's why I got canned With so many hungry voices Who'll never have their day If they don't believe their choices Then just take the shortest way Step to the end of the Let it fly Can you leave it burning Breathe the smoke inside Will you lose your patience Just like father time
to feel country when smart people were considered cool. Well, maybe not cool, but smart people did things like build ships and pyramids, and they even went to the moon. Girl, you remind me of gas station sushi. You sure seemed like a good idea. But it didn't take long to find out I was wrong. Close to being as good as you first appear. I know you know what I was needing. You look like you were just right. But even 
You can add harp or fit Whatever fits in Music made with Memphis wood That sounds as sweet as sin When I'm feeling low Reach out and grab all six of those strings It takes me to heaven Not forget those troubling things Memphis wood soothes your soul Set your mind at ease Send your heart up to the clouds Or it can bring you to your This is Grania Duffy, I'm in Indie Blues, and you are live from the Midnight Circus.
shoes I see She went wrong I woke up in the morning Shine like pearls when she gets up in the morning. Well, she gonna jump just like a squirrel. I said, who? Baby, who's those money shoes I see? She's gone and left me Where's she gone and left me on my own I said, who? Baby, who's those money shoes I see? is about to wipe out every living thing on earth. Now what do you suggest we do? Spank it.
someday, and that day may never come, I'll call upon you to do a service for me. But uh, until that day, accept this justice as a gift on my daughter's wedding day.
Robert gave us 29 songs. It was enough. Never was a number 30, not that I knew of. You gotta do it for yourself. That's what Robert would have told you. Go ahead, 
Play your blues if it'll make you happy. Can't cheat the devil, he bound to win. They can't cheat the devil, he bound to win. Make you pay with your soul for each and every sin, you know. You can't cheat the devil, he bound to win. Will it tempt you with silver, tempt you with wine? Tempt you with silver, tempt you with wine. Might be the sweetest little peach, or she might be the ripest on the pine. Tempt you with silver, tempt you with wine. Can't cheat the devil, hit by the wind.
dances like a death wish. Leans in going towards her lips. It's all over with the zans on her hips. She can feel his breath on her neck Your kiss is like a death wish If she could, she would resist But the story goes just like this What you yearn, what you crave Not changing to your grave It's gonna run, it's gonna wait It's gonna be too late For you to stop in me You got a death wish Kisses like a death wish.
was just playing the blues, Dad. Some call it stubborn, I call it strong will Won't have no man, tell me what to do And if it tries, it ain't think things through I take out the trash, I pay my own bills This house is my castle, I'm queen of the hill up on his steed His advice I just don't need And if he wants a kick it He can't feel free Long as he knows I just gotta be me I do my own laundry I pay my own bills My house is my castle I'm queen of the hill Lady Adrena. I am Indie Blues and you are live from the Midnight Circle.
sometimes I guess there just aren't enough rocks.
washing wingtips in a Cadillac coupe. A house on the hill with a great big note. Credit card payments you can never flow. No sense. And you got no sense. Got no sense down in your body. No sense up in your head. Hanging out in the hottest clubs in town Yes, you're trying to find a woman To show off all around But you ain't got no cash And man, your credit's getting thin You'll never find a woman With this awful mess you're in No sense Man, you got no sense Got no sense down in your pocket No sense up in your head
Thank you very, very much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. You say you will and then you won't. You say you do and then you don't. You say let's go. I think I need another lover First you're in and then you're out You say you're sure, then you got doubts We're headed in the right direction But you just got this one exception I don't see how we can recover I think I need another lover I need another lover
that's it. That's my show for tonight. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I hope you heard some artists that you didn't know about and enjoyed some artists that you did. And remember, all of these artists that I played on this show are out there right now, touring and creating new original music rooted in the blues. If you want to keep the blues alive, you have to support the artists who are out there creating that new music. Because it is a living art form that is being performed every single night somewhere in the world. So, if you get a chance, stop by our website at makingthescene.org. You can find out about some great new artists and the ones that we played on this show tonight. Add them to your playlist. And you can discover them on our website. So, till next time, this is Lahamadou. Tech, I'm out of here. Baby, just gone away. Things left home with my friend that gone lost my dog I'm alone Just fought somebody And he found it funny I got knocked in the head man by old friends not lying here think I'm dead Got to pay my bills Got my house off the same